World Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copyvasta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepy Podsta, the Creepy Pasta Podcast. Hello, welcome to the show. I'm Jeff. I host the show. This is the third in a series of three recordings that we're doing on creepy videos from the internet that people have sent us. I don't know who sent us this one. It's called The Separation. It was published on May 27th, 2009, and is a stop-motion animation short film by Robert Morgan. With me to discuss this story is Judd Matarang. Hey, hey. Uh, so this story, uh, I will recap since you did the last one. Uh, this one is about the same length as the last, like nine minutes and change. It is a stop-motion short. I think the the opening might be computer-generated imagery. Uh, it shows conjoined twins in utero, and then smash cuts to them older, maybe even fully adults. Uh, I think fully adults, and they get surgery to be separated. Uh, and after they are separated, the one brother uh, it seems okay, and then the other brother, the the left brother, um, has trouble walking uh, because he no longer has his right brother to lean on, and so he wears a crutch on that side. Uh, initially, he gets up out of the hospital bed and falls over because he doesn't know how to stand without having a whole other person next to him. And they're conjoined in such a way that they're connected like from hip to armpit, but they each have their own set of two arms and two legs. Um, they do not share any limbs. I guess perhaps they probably shared some internal stuff, which is why they didn't get separated until adulthood. Then we see the two brothers working in a doll-making factory. Uh, and there's sort of a loud, gruesome doll-making machine that punctures the face of the dolls to set the eyes in them, and it, it, this happens a couple times. And we see the uh, the left brother. I'm just going to refer to them as left brother and right brother, because that's simple, and we never learn their names. Um, left brother goes up to right brother and, see, and is like, hey, trying to be like physically close to him, and the right brother doesn't like this. Um, he seems upset by it. And eventually, left brother leaves. Uh, well, he left brother goes and sews two of the dolls together, and then laments, and then leaves. And then after left brother leaves, right brother uh, is seen uh, self-harming in such a way, like he is he's stabbing into the wound where he used to be connected to his brother. So he um, he is dealing with the trauma in a self-destructive way, and it's does not seem to want to be close to his brother, but then clearly has some uh, emotions about no longer being close to his brother. Uh, left brother returns, discovers that right brother has been harming in this way, and they sort of reconcile and begin building this big machine together like they're 
doll making machines and it has uh two slots and seems to be a giant sewing machine and it has two slots one for each of them to sew them back together it seems um right brother goes to get on it and while he's on it but before he's fully in his slot so he's like across the middle of the machine where the sewing implement goes left brother falls he takes his crutch off to also get on and he falls and pulls a lever on the machine turning it on and then off screen right brother is mutilated and we see blood and left brother lamenting. Uh, and then later we are shown right brother or left brother putting on a tuxedo, going and getting right brother from in the doll factory. He's bandaged up. And uh, as the bandages come off, we see that his uh, eyes and mouth have been like healed over with skin and he no longer has arms and legs. Uh, but he, he survived his, his encounter with the sewing machine. Left brother puts him in a suit and carries him to a place and... Um, and it kind of ends in a weird way. <laughs> like, they, they're laying on a bed together, and then they seem to have some sort of dream that they are, that they have become one creature with, like, a connected head and everything, with one body and, and two heads connected on the side of the skull. Uh, that's it. That's the whole thing. Did I miss anything? Um, no, I don't, I don't think so. You pretty much covered it. So how did you feel about this video when you first watched it? Uh, God, the, uh, the clay, claymation models are terrifying. Um, it took me a while to, like, not, not that it took me a while. It, I, I don't think I ever did get used to it because they're, they're always kind of creepy from beginning to the end. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's there's actually nothing really creepy about it, and then when you get to the end, you realize there wasn't supposed to be any like jump scare or anything like that. It's just sort of a grotesque Unsettling. tale. Yeah, yeah, grotesque is I think a good word for it. Uh, I'm kind of looking back now. There is a visible age difference between when they're separated and then the rest of the story. So I guess this uh, the the left brother never really got used to being separated, um, mm -hmm. and it's there's a, a cool shot where he's getting ready and he looks in the mirror and sees uh, his reflection reflected in such a way that he, there appears to be another one of him right next to him. Um, oh yeah, he's yeah he looks into the mirror and it it uh, looks like he's it, it's kind of like what they do for people who have uh, a phantom limb pain where mm. they uh, they use the mirror to kind of trick their brain into seeing a second limb where it isn't where where it's already uh, been removed. And it sends a signal to the brain that, hey, there's no, you know, you, you have your arm back. There's no pain. There's a, uh, I think it's uh, a great video by uh, the psychologist V.S. Ramachandran. He does a lot of work with um, phantom pain and phantom limbs, um, not the Metal Gear Solid stuff, but, you know, the actual phenomenon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I, I didn't assume that you were talking about Metal Gear Solid Five, the phantom pain. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it would be cool if he worked on like, the game, but I, I really doubt it. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a creepy video. Uh, I, you called them um, claymation, which was interesting to me because uh, I'm not sure what they're made out of, but they look almost like like wax figures, and they seem yeah. to have some kind of real hair on them. It's they're they're so creepy and detailed. Uh, I think the, the heavy amount. I'd, I'd be curious to see how big these things were in real life. 
they seem oh no and they seem really small um but like the amount of detail and articulation they get they're probably not that small mm-hmm. i don't know they they look like they're i don't know like six seven inches tall or something like that yeah they don't look that big uh, yeah it's it's interesting it's it's the whole video also i don't think we said has no dialogue um it's just <coughs> uh, oh no this is a bad podcasting man that's true. I mean, all of the episodes are bad. This one is be no <laughs> exception. Uh, it's it's an interesting video for many reasons, but the the fact that it is uh, essentially a silent film, like there's sound effects, there's no spoken dialogue, no written word. Um, it, it there's a little bit of voice acting. One of the I think left brother uh, moans a bit after after right brother's mutilation. Um, yeah. But other than that, the the brothers don't don't vocalize at all. Um, it's it's such a it's just like creepy. It's got that sort of like uh, we covered a short film on here called The Cat with Hands, and it's very much like that style. This might even be by the same guy, but I'm not I'm not sure. Uh, it's it's so it's like sort of forlorn and sad and. Most of the horror comes from it, the aesthetics of it rather than, like, yeah, the events, sure, body horror, a bit of violence. But for the most part, the reason it's horrifying is just that it looks so creepy. Uh, it's do you, where, Where's the horror in this for you? Like, did you find it really disturbing or unsettling? Um, I mean, it's it's... It's mostly, I would say, in like the 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 character models, right? They're they're mm-hmm. incredibly detailed. The faces are like human faces, but the bone structure, you know, of like their heads and stuff is just a little bit distorted, almost like a caricature. And I and I think there's also a, a small horror element to the the place where they live slash work. Um, it looks like the floor is covered in blood. Did you, did you notice that? It's like yeah, a glossy... I noticed that re-looking at the the things that it kind of looks yeah. Like a, uh, it almost it's looks like, like, like a an glossy avatar. red. Yeah, and and um, I mean, you know, aside from that, the models and and the extremely detailed um, uh, environment that in which they live, uh, I wouldn't say it's it's necessarily creepy. Um, it's actually kind of sweet after you watch the the ending. I don't know if they went there to just like die. Uh, I don't know if that was the implication, or you know, I don't I don't think they got into tuxedos to go to sleep. So, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's not really specific. We also don't really get a sense of how much time passed between the mutilation and this last scene. Huh. Yeah, it looks like you know when they start out, it looks like they're maybe teens or young adults, and then it looks like they are in middle age. Um, when they're having their little spat um, and then it looks like they're I don't know if this is just me or if it's just the lighting but it looks like when they have decided to rejoin that they're you know in still in middle age maybe a little bit older than that and by the time they're laying on the bed and maybe dying together they're already very old men um, yeah so that's but, weird does he just like keep his brother sitting there in the doll factory all the time yeah I it was a little creepy that he was just kind of covered in bandages and, you know... Sitting on a trolley of dolls. Yeah. Um, but I, I did really love the, um, you know, they have they have an obsession with, the I guess, like with dolls, right? They have one doll in the beginning when they're kids that has two heads just like them. 
them, right? Yeah. And then um, when they're separated and they're creating dolls, the more well-adjusted brother is that the is that the right one? Yeah, uh, because the left one is the one that has a crotch on his on his right, right arm. side. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, you said the more well-adjusted one. I actually didn't know which one you meant because they're both kind of messed up in their own way. Well, because the 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 left brother is like he's he's making heads, he's sewing them on dolls, um, and he seems okay. There's that one scene where the right brother tries to put his arm around him. You, well, know, you in, switched him. You switched him. Did I? Left brother has the crutch on the right side. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I I need I need better I need to yeah. to watch this video over again. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know he he puts his arm around his around his brother in a way that would make them almost be like they were conjoined again, and he slaps his arm away, and he's like, no. Um, what's also what's what's interesting to me about that is that he does it on the wrong side. Um, he doesn't do it on the side of their their shared wound, um, but on the other side. And I I wonder if that was intentional to indicate like, oh, it's a misunderstanding. He's rejecting him because it's on the wrong side. Because mm-hmm. um, it it's not like it was before. Now that they're separate, he can approach him from the other side, and that's wrong. Uh, and I'm wondering because. Uh, at first, I took it to be like, oh, he doesn't want to be close to his brother anymore. But it could be that we that the left brother took it that way, and we were meant to take it that way, only to realize, no, actually, he does want to be close to his brother. And so, he pushed him away either out of fear or embarrassment or because he was being approached on the incorrect side. Um, and, then, and then there's a scene where he, I think he – does he stitch a new – does the – okay, I'm trying to remember it. The left brother, does he stitch – Stitch a new doll, or is that uh, were they looking no, at the I don't old think, one? I don't think they had a two-headed doll when they were kids. I think at the beginning they oh, just was have it just the one-headed doll. The one doll. Um, one of them is hold. Yeah, one of them is holding a doll in swaddling, and the other is holding a rose. Oh. Um, and then they put the rose up next to the doll as like a second head for it. Um, and then, yes, later, left brother, after being rejected, sews together two of the, the dolls they've made to sort of be like, yeah, this is our, you know, this is us. This could be us, but you play in. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, then it is but then it is the right brother later on who um is stabbing himself with the yep. knife um and I get I guess I don't know how did you how did you take that to me uh, like I- I, I, I don't know, like, like he doesn't want the wound to heal and close up, um, that it would feel wrong for him to be whole without his brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's like, we're, we're, we're at the beginning when they're first separated, the way this is represented is we see them sitting together next to each other on the hospital bed and daylight comes and then they look up into the corners of the room and then the uh, left brother, who because they're facing us, is on the right side of the screen, gets overcome with light and starts shaking and then the, in a frame is disappeared and the right brother is suddenly shockingly left alone um, and so uh, it's it's interesting because so much of the video is from the left brother's perspective but mm-hmm. when we were first shown their separation we're shown that it is shocking and sudden for the right brother uh, and so I, I don't know I think the self-harming is just it's his way of dealing with the pain the emotional pain uh, by external 
externalizing it, but it's preventing him from acknowledging the the emotional pain. Um, it's 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 a little heavy, but you know, yeah, I I, I like it. I think it's an effective storytelling tool, if a bit gruesome. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I liked, I, I really liked this. I, I liked it. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect in the beginning. Um, yeah, it kind of starts out with the weird fetuses and you're like, what is this story? Yeah, it has like a little intro video with the, the fetuses and I was like, oh, geez, is this going to be CG the whole time? Is it going to be like this poor, like early 2000 CG? But no, it's actually really uh, incredibly detailed models. Um I I thought it was I thought it was interesting and I I don't I don't know I guess it's not it's not really horror without a little bit of like I guess like grotesqueness some mutilation and stuff I I, I felt yeah. it was I felt like it was kind of um, I don't know unnecessary for the brother to be mutilated but uh, you know it it could yeah, be seen as bit. it could be seen as like a I don't want to call it like retribution or anything, but it could be seen as like a, you know, he was the one that was rejecting his brother the, the whole time. And, you know, no matter how much, how much left brother wanted to be reunited, he was like, no, no. And then, you know, he ended up getting mutilated at the end. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, I, I did verify this is the same uh, person who made The Cat with Hands, which is another sort of creepy, very old style stop motion animation. It, like, looks like a, a throwback to, uh, I don't know. It, it's stop motion, yes, which is already old school. But the aesthetic of it also seems to indicate that it takes place in some kind of like timeless uh, 19th or early 20th century. Mm -hmm. um, this person also directed a segment of the ABCs of Death 2, a movie I have not seen. <laughs> so, I don't know if it's good or not. Uh, but it's, it's, it's interesting that whole aesthetic is so common. It's easy to get slapped with the horror label if you look enough like... Uh, if you look enough like a Henry Selleck movie or an Edward Gorey drawing, um, it, it's like stop motion is just automatically spooky to us, I think, because it looks a little creepy and weird. Uh, but also because of like James and the Giant Peach, which is kind of a spooky thing. Coraline, which is explicitly horror. Paranorman, which is explicitly horror. And the precursor to them all, of course, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, which is explicitly horror. Um, and these are our like stop motion touchstones. So I think that sort of, that's why it's easy to indicate to an audience like, hey, this is a horror thing. Uh, I mean, this came out in 2009. So it's, uh, I'm not sure which Leica movies had already <laughs> come out at that point. I don't think Paranorman had, but I, I could be wrong. Um, but I know that certainly Coraline had come out a few years prior. And yeah, Paranorman was in 2012, so that was way after. But uh, Coraline had, had already come out as, and, and that, that movie is very good. Um, oh no, Coraline came out the same year. I thought Coraline was 2007. So maybe this was just touching on a whole cultural moment. When was The Corpse Bride? Was that before Coraline? I think Might so. Have been. Yeah, it was 2005. Yeah, so this was around, uh, this was more in the, the Corpse Bride era of spooky stop motion. So our touchstones were Nightmare Before Christmas, James and the Giant Peach, and Corpse Bride. Uh, so that, that sort of tells you a bit about like, this, these are the, these are the spooky things. The, this is what stop motion is. It's these three scary movies and that's it. Um, so I don't know. It makes an interesting indicator, but I also think that it's just, if it does, it doesn't cheapen the, 
the film. I, th- I think that it, it strengthens it. Like, it wouldn't quite have been good if it was live actors, of course. Uh, and I'm not sure if it would have been good traditionally animated. It certainly would have been more expensive and time-consuming, I think, to make it look good. Because good-looking animation costs a lot of money. Whereas, if you are a good sculptor, uh, you can kind of get away with not doing too much in the animation department like this guy does. Like, yeah, it's hard to do stop-motion animation, but I think most of the strength of the aesthetic of this is because the sculpted figures are really well-made. Mm-hmm. I, I was actually um, fast-forwarding through the video to look because it said it was uh, uploaded in 2009, but I wasn't sure if that was necessarily... Like, the name right. Robert Morgan doesn't even appear in the in the credits. So, I looked all the way at the very end, like 909, if you look at the bottom, um, it says MMIII, the Roman numerals for 2003. So, oh, assuming, wow. Yeah, assuming that that is when this was made, then it predates even Corpse Bride. Yeah, yeah. So, this is, uh, wow, this is 15 years old then. Yeah, older is, than YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> well, YouTube, I think, well, YouTube was uh, founded in 2003, right? It certainly was something that was probably distributed, like, at film festivals and not, uh, <laughs> it wasn't just held on to for six years and then uploaded to YouTube. Right. Uh, oh, I typed in YouTube, of course, in my bar because I wanted to search for YouTube, but Google Chrome auto-completed it to YouTube.com and went to the YouTube homepage. I wanted to see uh, where when YouTube was founded. Oh, it was founded in 2005. So, it was only, it was bought just a year after it opened up. That's so interesting. Uh, yeah, so it does, it predates YouTube by several years. Interesting to me. Uh, I, so, uh, I like this video overall. What's your spookiest part? Um, I would say probably after Wright brother gets mutilated, um, you know, the, the left brother accidentally falls, pulls the switch. He's panicking to try to find the, the cord or whatever mechanism that he can pull or break to stop it from going. And immediately after that, it just kind of pans out in like a kind of like the whole, you can see the whole scene from a, a little bit of a distance and you just start hearing like a crying or like a sort of wailing noise. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a, a kind of like a pained moan. And it's the only time in the whole film that you hear any sort of vocalization from either of the characters. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of creepy to me because I had just assumed like, oh, it's just going to be sound effects and ruining, you know, a, a great Chopin song. Uh, but, but there's, there's actually a voice and the only time it happens is after that scene. So that was a little creepy to me. Uh, for me, it is from 106 to 108, uh, the depiction of the eponymous separation, uh, where Left Brother is bathed in light, begins to vibrate, uh, has an expression of shock on his face, looking down at his own body, and then vanishes. Uh, oh. I think that that is a really effective way of showing sort of the, the suddenness of this trauma, and when I saw that, it really spooked me. Uh, it also it plays that that awful like high pitched whine sound as it's yeah. like leading up to it, and then like really loud as he's getting you know quote unquote separated. Yeah, 
Um, and then it just, as soon as he's not, as soon as they're not together anymore, it just makes that loud, like, noise. Like, that whole sustained, high-pitched noise just stops instantly and it has that, like, loud bang noise and then it's over. Yeah, it's it's so interesting because most of the other stuff in the film, while fantastical and sort of this weird dreamlike quality to it, everything else seems to be literal depictions of stuff happening, except for this moment early and then the final moment when they are reunited in that murky, inky blackness. Uh, so that's their their separation and then their reconnection are both both have this supernatural quality to them that the rest of the the rest of the film lacks and I think that's that's interesting um, because for them it sort of is a supernatural act. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a miracle of science, sure, but it's like this person who was connected to you and that's it's it was natural for them and some doctor said well no this isn't how it should be and they weren't separated as babies so that they could grow up knowing what it is like to have your own body they are already shown here as adolescents perhaps even teenagers or young men uh, who have already who have already grown so much together, uh, and the the force of their separation clearly has a profound impact on their lives, and so I, I think it's good to depict it as one supernatural and two instant, just like it, it boom one frame. Mm-hmm. It, it's not like a long sequence or anything, even though it is the title of the film. It lasts about a second altogether. The separation. Uh, um, I I had rewatched it as you were saying it, um, and I don't think I noticed that the first time. Um, but the the left brother actually falls over and hits his head on the machine, which is eventually what happens when he when they're trying to right. get back together. Um, yeah. And I didn't make that correlation the first time because I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, oh, he's a little weak because he's tried to get up and walk. <laughs> yeah, um, they're, uh, I, I didn't mention this. Uh, after their separation, they're connected to some sort of medical device, some sort of life support machine, I guess, because they probably still need some like blood or something from each other's bodies to, to get used to being separated. Yeah. And so, there's that machine that's sort of dividing them and keeping them alive. And then at the end, there's a machine that kind of separates them even further. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's interesting. There's a lot to, I think, pick apart in this movie. Yeah, I agree. Any final thoughts before we move on to plugs? Um, uh, whoever made this film, I don't know if it really was Robert Morgan because... It was. He, it's from Robert Morgan was it? Films. Okay. Uh, okay. I, you know, I guess he. there's a chance that Robert Morgan is just like the producer who finances and owns these movies. Oh, no, it does say my short film in the description. So I know, but I didn't see his name in the credits. That's why I was like, I don't know. Well, whoever made this, whoever made this, (laughs) did they die at the end? That's all. Robert Morgan. If that is your real name, if if that is your real name, did they die at the end? Is that what that was about, or did they just go to sleep in matching tuxedos? Tell us, Robert Morgan, you coward. Uh, So tell the people where they can find you on the internet if you would like them to do so. Yeah, there's this. 
So there's this like new social media platform. It's called Twitter. Um, and I am at Cephalic Static. Uh, be, be, jump on the bandwagon. Get on, get on here. I'm all yeah. alone. Twitter's pretty good. I'm on Twitter, J3FK, Snapchat, and Instagram, JeffJK. Patreon.com slash JeffJK gets you a bunch of stuff, like two years worth of audio treats, at least maybe like two and a half years. I don't remember how long I waited before starting the Patreon, but after starting the podcast, podcast has been around for more than three years by the time you're hearing this though. So, you know, it's somewhere between two and three years of stuff is what you'll get. And $1 a month is not very much. Uh, you can all, you'll also get, you'll get like audio bits. You'll get written things like stories I've written. You'll also get, uh, you can get physical rewards. If you go to weaponizedlanguage.com, you can find more episodes of this show and of seeing Reddit. I also did a podcast reviewing the entire first generation's worth of Pokemon from the Kanto region Pokedex. Uh, that is called Someone's PC. There are 151 episodes of that show. Go I forgot to, to give Jeff a birthday present this year, so I started donating to his Patreon, which actually, now that I think about it, if it just renews every year, then I never have to buy you an actual birthday present ever again. Ha ha ha, but it's, keep... each, it's each month. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a gift that keeps on giving. So, if you want to give it, <laughs> you can also uh, go to bit.ly slash wishlistjeff if you just want to buy me a gift off of my Amazon wishlist. Uh, it's mostly video games. Games, although I don't know what it'll be at this point. Probably uh, caffeine pills or uh, sleeping do pills. Do it, do it, you I'll, cowards! I'll, I'll I bet, I bet you won't. I bet you won't buy him off that anything off that wish list. People have. It's very nice of them. I no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to use reverse oh, yeah, I see you trying to trick them. Yeah, listen to Judd, you cowards. Uh, it's, I bet you um, won't do it. Yeah, you probably won't. <laughs> that wasn't reverse psychology. That's just, you know, not many people listen to this show. Uh, Creepypods, the fan group on Facebook to connect with other fans. And uh, that's all we have to say about this. And since there's no dialogue, there's nothing to, you know, say. Oh, no. At the very end, at 8.54, it says written, directed, and animated by Robert Morgan. <laughs> Oh, there you go. How oh, you saved the best for last. That? I'm sorry I ever doubted you. Uh, and good night.